The Yak Legion Podcast and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast are sponsored by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. You can reach them at BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com. Strictly Sail in Blue Ash, Ohio. Reach out to Brian for all your Hobie needs at 513-984-1907. And American Tackle Company. You can find them at americantackle.us. You're listening to the Yak Legion Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Carell. And tonight we have a special episode of Yak Legion. We're going to talk kayak catfishing. And I'm talking the ultimate kayak catfish roundtable. Now, I have a roundtable full of awesome kayak catfishermen here. And uh, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about all things catfishing, guys. So for all my bass fishermen, listen, all my bass anglers that listen to the podcast, uh, you know, just keep, stay tuned, guys, because uh, I got some good bass episodes in the, in the books, and uh, we're going to get to that here shortly. But tonight, we're talking catfishing, river, lake, pond, doing it on a kayak. I have uh, Ron Hemmerhaver from uh, Trophy Kayak, uh, Trophy Catfish uh, Kayak Anglers. Um, that's a big, I'm sure you all you guys heard of them. Uh, Anthony Waldridge will be on later. Um, he was on here recently, uh, I think a few weeks ago. And uh, he kind of runs the Kayaks and Cats tournament, um, tournament series down there in Kentucky. So uh, he'll be on here later. We got Austin Harding back uh, of Cat Yackers on Facebook. Uh, so it's good to have him back. He's definitely a good cat fisherman. And then we have a uh, newcomer, Kayak Mike. This is his first time on the podcast, and I've been following this guy on Facebook. He fishes here in Cincinnati quite a bit, and uh, I've, uh, you know, had a, had a really enjoyed following your adventures, man, and how you, um, how you, you do your channel, and you kind of, man, you're just kind of like an underdog a little bit, you know what I mean? You got an underdog thing going on, so uh, you're interesting to watch, that's for sure. So how's it going tonight? Uh, we'll start with you, Ron, man. Uh, how's it going? I see you're out there on a kayak fishing. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So it can't be that bad, can it? No, sir. You <laughs> and Mike are on kayaks right now, uh, on the water, on the podcast. And Austin just got back from a big long trip. So, uh, any new news uh, going on with uh, TCKA? Um, not a whole lot to announce right now, but we've got some stuff coming up, and uh, it's going to be pretty big going into the 2021 season before. Uh, before the end of the year, we'll be making some pretty big announcements. We got a couple really exciting things in the works right now. And uh, we should have the 2021 season mapped out. It, I want to have it done before national championship, which is what we're all really excited about right now. Going into October uh, will be our second annual national championship. I think we're going to have a pretty good turnout this year. I'm thinking we're going to have somewhere between 25 and 35 anglers. And wow. these are all anglers that qualified through fishing the TCKA tournaments this entire season. And we are all going to get together on Lake Wheeler and Lake Wilson. And we're going to duke it out to see who gets to call themselves the best of 2020. Wow, man. The best of 2020. 
the anglers that defeated COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the most of our worries, I guess. We had a whole lot more we wanted to do this season, but that kind of threw Man, a monkey wrench into a lot of plans. Everybody's tournaments in the whole nation and the whole world have uh, had it bad this year, man. Everybody's been struggling. And uh, I, you know, I've done quite a few tournaments this year, not a whole lot. And I miss the, the, the weigh-ins, man. I miss having that contact with other anglers. And, you know, you're talking about your trip. And, man, I really miss that. And uh, I hope next year we're over this COVID-19 stuff. And we can all get back on the water. We can all camp and uh, share a beer together and have a good time, man. Uh, now, I noticed you guys have an Ohio chapter, right? What's that? Yeah, we do have a new Ohio chapter. And we're working on um, having uh, chapters in several other states right now. Uh, Texas is basically just waiting on enough members to to support their their series. And um, South Carolina is probably going to kick off uh, a series next season, I think. I'm working on making sure North Carolina and Virginia can. And I'm also working on reeling this fish in, y'all. <laughs> Come on, oh yeah, rest. man, get on. Come it. on, take it, take that rod down. Okay, but I can talk while I fish. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm that good at talking. Sorry, <laughs> um, yeah, you are a talker, buddy. <laughs> That's good. Uh, thing, so yeah, we're trying to get as many states where we've got a good representation of anglers to start hosting uh, chapters and running their own trail events. So that what the plan is is for each individual state to have a TCKA chapter to crown an AOY in each individual state. And at the end of each year, we're going to have um, a championship uh, where, oh my goodness, we're gonna have a championship where uh, it's all the AOYs. It's, uh, that's a fish. That's nice. like we're just running all over the place. I don't think he's big. It'll be all the AOIs from all the individual states. It'll be um, the the former national champion and all the winners from the national trail series events. Oh, what do I got? Oh, it's a big old gar. <laughs> you put, oh, he came off. Well, that's one way to destroy a creek chub. <laughs> oh man, them gar, they could be fickle to hook, man. They're kind of hard to hook. Oh, uh, that's okay. I, you don't I would much rather anyway. just I just much rather let that slime rocket go. <laughs> so if that, if that was catfish, what would you score it on tonight? What catfish tournaments are you fishing in right now? I am in the TCKA month long tournament right now. Uh, that's the only catfish tournament I'm currently in. Gotcha. And um uh, I'm working on putting putting together my team for the TCKA team challenge at the end of this month. Oh wow. Uh, so if you don't know about that, you need to go on over to Facebook and and check out what we're working with there. The whole idea is that we're going to have one of our veteran anglers or somebody who's fished our tournaments at least once before partner up with somebody who's never fished a TCKA tournament and take them on as a partner. And those two anglers will each have to catch two fish. And uh, at the end of it all, we'll see what team prevails. 
Well, I'd be interested in that, man, because I've never fished event, an event yet. I've been researching it a lot. Uh, I might get in on that, man. That sounds fun. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. It's a way to break the ice with a lot of new people coming in. It's also a good opportunity for guys who have been fishing our tournaments uh, to take their spouses or their, their kids out with them and let them get in on some of the excitement, which is what a lot of guys are using the opportunity for. Um, you know, we're just... We're trying to keep it fresh, you know, with all this COVID stuff, um, yeah. people have really embraced the online tournaments yeah. and we've had really good numbers through most of it because folks are just bored, you know, they, mm -hmm. they need something to do. And this, this is some social distancing. I'm telling you, Yes, sir, uh, it is. I'm fishing with a buddy and I don't know if you'd hear me if I hollered his name. So <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it, you know, we've had some pretty good numbers this, this season for all of our online tournaments, um, just because people are bored and, you know, a lot of people still have cabin fever real bad. So we wanted to do something that engaged people that we haven't got, uh, into our tournaments before. We also made August, um, a no membership required month for our 24 hour challenge so the uh, ambassador level KBF membership isn't a requirement uh, for the 24 hour challenges this month, which are all state challenges. Um, and that way, you know, we can just get people out of the house, having some fun and let them see what all the excitement's about. You know, people aren't in this because I'm cute. I mean, <laughs> it's got to be fun because this isn't the draw, you know. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's what we've got going on this month. And, uh, you know, we're pretty excited to see how the, the team challenge turns out. I'm waiting to hear who Austin and Mike picked for uh, teammates. And uh, <laughs> then going into September, um, that'll be the last month where people can qualify for the national championship. So uh, I expect that to be a pretty heated month. I expect a lot of people to really be getting after it next month. So we'll have to see how that goes. I think I might've found me a partner. I actually, he talked me into fishing the, uh, VKFT multi-species channel cat tournament. Nice. Bass guy. And, uh, his name's actually Matt Davis. Yeah, I know, Matt. Okay. <laughs> I got to take him up to Sandusky Bay last week, and boy, did I tell you what, he is addicted. Oh, yeah. It, it does that to people, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so getting into you, Austin. Zach, I got you, brother. You're going to be my partner. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. So getting into it, Austin, uh, you just got back from a big fishing trip, man. Where'd you go, and what'd you catch? Well, we... uh. I got a group of buddies and we usually like to try and do uh, like how Spencer uh, Bauer with river certified does. It's about the same line. We'll go out, we'll track the river for miles and just camp overnight, set up camp, have bonfire, have a good time. First thing in the morning, we hit the water and fish some more. Man, that sounds like fun. I want to go. <laughs> is what I put in from yesterday till today. Wow. That's awesome, man. Do you ever catch what you eat or eat what you catch? <laughs> Honestly, I don't eat a bit of fish at all. Oh, I got you. I got Everything you. Everything is CPR. 
All right, we got um, uh, Anthony Shane Holdridge joining us. How's it going, man? He's getting adjusted here, so I have some technical difficulties. Uh, anything new with Cat Yackers, Austin? I'm sorry? Anything new with Cat Yackers? Um, actually, ironically, Mike was talking about how Souders just got on there and I can't our tournament trail. I just talked to uh, Matt Snyder, and he is pro staff with them, and he's real good friends with Chris, and I'm actually going to start uh, trying to get more guys involved as well. I'm going to run a raffle and do a guided trip with either Matt Snyder or Anthony Murphy on the Ohio River. Or Sandusky Bay catching catfish. Nice. Come down so, to the river sometime, man. There's some big ones down here. Can't get the speaker to come on. Uh, we're coming. Uh, I think we've got a trip planned very, very soon to hit the Ohio River. Very Let me know soon. when you come down, man. I might meet up with you. Okay. We'll do. <laughs> well, awesome, man. So, Kayak Mike, what's going on, man? You catch any today? <laughs> Uh, no, maybe one guard bite so far, but we had a we had a weird temperature spike today, and I have a feeling that shut us down. I have one of uh, one of the guys who subscribed to my channel. He's fishing with me. We're in my favorite stretch of river, um, where my last four or five trips I've caught in ten plus fish every time. Not even a bite for either of us, so I think they're just shut down. I forgot to ask Austin, uh, what kayak tournaments are you fishing in right now? I'm in the TCKA. I'm not in the month long. I'm actually in their slot tournament. This is the first time I've fished the slot tournament and not the trophy. And I'm also in the kayak and catch tournament as well. Nice. What about you, Mike? What are you fishing? I'm only in kayak and catch. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. It's only because I forgot about signing up for TCKA. You can ask Ron. <laughs> I've signed up at like 11.55 a couple times because I just forget. So the, that's the only reason I'm not. I'm sorry. I did it. I did it too, man. I had to beg Ron to because I was in Sandusky and I could not get my Wi-Fi to work. And I told Ron, I said, "Put oh. me in. I'll get you the money as soon as I can." That's funny. Yeah, I uh, last month I actually didn't think I was going to be able to fish much because I'm the head umpire around here for a league, and we had a tournament. I didn't think I was going to be able to fish at all, so I I did one tournament because I didn't want to put myself like $150 in a hole to make them not fish at all. I ended up fishing more last month than I have all year combined. Yeah. So that month long is the deal. I was bummed I forgot to get competitive. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. Hey, uh, Anthony, you ever get, um, get this to work? I don't know, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can, can hear you. How's it going, man? Well, then. Then I got it to work. We had to play with it around a little bit. Yeah, we uh, we just now got to figure it out. I'm a techno dummy, so I had to have the wife do it for me again. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we've had Anthony Shane Waldridge on the podcast before. Uh, he runs Kayaks and Cats uh, down there in a the good state of Kentucky. And uh, how, So what you been into, man? Uh, you been fishing any lately? Uh, yeah. Um, I went out Friday night. Had a couple of good ones. We fished a tributary to the Ohio River down in West Point, Kentucky. Um, hit a couple of good fish. Missed a couple. Got into a lot of gar. But uh, this week I'm going to be prepping up. We're trying to go down to the uh, the catfish bash down on Kentucky Lake at Lenhurst Resort. So this week's going to be mainly prepping to go down to that. It's an in-person tournament that they're hosting. It's done been canceled once this year, but this time it's a go. So 
a few of our guys are going down there to fish, and I know a couple of the Ohio guys said they was going to try to make it. I'm not sure if they're going to make it or not. Wow, man, that's awesome. What tournaments are you fishing in right now? Uh, right now, right at this moment, I've got uh, the Kayaks and Cats tournament, of course, and then the uh, Bluegrass Catfish Bass, that is a in-person tournament, and then i got another one that's called Whisker Wars. It's a local tournament. It's Taylorsville Lake. This is the first time it's being held, so that's the three big ones I got this month. And uh, hopefully next month, every everything calms down a little bit, I'll be able to jump in on some of the TCKA tournaments too. I got to redo all my tourney X and all that stuff's outdated. So I've had a lot and, of my like, What's the date on that tournament down there? Uh, the Lynnhurst Resort, it's starting Thursday the 13th, and it's going until Saturday. They're uh, doing a bank fishing event Thursday. Friday is a no fishing day. And then Saturday, they're having the big boat and kayak tournament. Like the same day at Lynnhurst. Man, that sounds like a lot of fun. It's, it's going to be this Saturday. We got guys going down from third or uh, Wednesday all the way until Thursday. So hopefully we'll have a have a few of us down there at least to get some guys out there fishing. That's I don't know awesome. if I'm going to be able to fish it, but since you guys are in my backyard, I'll make sure I at least get to come hang out with you for a little bit. Oh, we need somebody to catch bait, Ron. You ought to come on over. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. I've had a hard time catching bait this year. Uh, it, it's been hard on us, too. We've destroyed so many nets this year. It's unreal. Uh, pretty much all of our bait likes to hide right in the top of trees and brush piles or snags. <laughs> Are you guys having a hard time finding new nets? Uh, well, anywhere's local, yes, we're having to order them. Uh, Macy's Fishing Finds has been pretty good at as far as getting nets but anything local has been wiped out uh sinkers stuff like that all of our shelves are pretty much cleaned up there is no probably no fishing tackle on the shelves anywhere but, that's crazy okay. man everybody's yeah. fishing <laughs> everybody's yeah bored. that's one thing COVID has done is got people back outside if, if nothing else that's a blessing it has done amen yeah. to that back outside yes sir yes sir uh so we'll get right into it here uh We've done our introductions here, about 20 minutes worth. <laughs> of course, with these roundtable episodes, they can kind of stretch a little bit. So uh, I, I just got a few questions I'm going to ask. We might not get to all these. Uh, I'm going to definitely um, highlight the most important ones. And I'll kind of start with a random guy, and then we'll just kind of go around, and I'll get all your answers. <laughs> Somebody's little kid. I've had my daughter, and she's crashed my podcast on how many times. <laughs> yeah, that was that was mine. I got her muted out there for a minute till she calms down. <laughs> so my first question really is, what is your biggest catfish? How did you catch it? We'll start with our newcomer, Kayak Mike. Man, what's your biggest cat? How did you catch it? My biggest cat? Oh, my God, I don't know. Before, I started this trophy catfishing thing before I started taking pictures. It was well over 40 inches, probably over 40 pounds. I was downtown Cincinnati. Um, but I'm going to say my I'm gonna say my personal record, just because I have it on video. We'll say it's roughly 25 pounds. It was just this past week. It was one of those four flatheads that I've caught in, in the past, like, two weeks. All of them were between 20, 25 pounds. All of them were between 34 to 36 inches. I don't do a great job getting pictures. Uh, my one was, like, 37 inches, but I registered at 35 because – I'm just a big old pansy. I don't stand in this kayak, and I don't get great pictures. 
So I'm not I'm not gonna leave a trophy catfish out of the water for 20 minutes just so I can get an extra inch. You know, it's just not worth it. So I put them back. Um, so we'll just yeah yeah we'll just say 25 pounds, 36 inches. That's my PR. Flat so how did you catch him? Uh, in the spot about 100 yards up from me, uh, suspended. I was actually reeling in a 28 inch blue. Um, it was sitting in between my legs, and I have a suspended bait right off the side it was fresh shad and uh he hit it and just went straight down and i thought he was actually under brush because he was so heavy and it was directly underneath me and i'm lifting him up i'm lifting him up i'm like oh no it's an it's an actual fish i was like this is either a small fish that got caught up in a log or it was a really big fish and ended up being a really big fish ron really big around here i know that's bait where you come from (laughs) (laughs) And you can uh, follow all of Kayak Mike's adventures on YouTube by the same channel name, Kayak Mike. Uh, I think you got a video of that catfish, don't you? That big flatty? Yep, yep, yep. I uh, I got four videos out. with. They're all essentially the same size. So any one of those four videos you can watch, it's essentially the same size fish. Wow. So how about you, Austin? Same question, man. Biggest catfish, how'd you catch him? Oh... Biggest in a tournament would have to be last night's with the 39 and a half. Oh, yeah. That's nice. But my biggest is about 40 pounds. It was, uh, man, we love fishing this river when it's rising. You know, we, we keep an eye on it really close and we track hourly to make for sure that everything stays safe. But, man, when the river is on the rise, there is no better time to be fishing in Ohio. Oh, yeah. That's a great time, man. Uh, all the catfish and all the fish have new territories to hunt, you know? Yes, they do. And they, I just love spring bites more than anything because they are just so aggressive and they will eat anything. Oh, 100%. Well, that's awesome, man. So how did you go about catching him? I love running. Um, when we're on the river, we, we've got so much timber that I've we run the uh, snake, like the dragon weights. Mm. or coin sinkers work too if we got a lot of current we'll run coin sinkers and uh we got to run peg floats because if not you will just snag every cast wow gotcha that's awesome man how about you ron uh what's your biggest catfish and uh how'd you catch it uh well as far as blue cats go um by length my biggest is 44 inches nice but I'm pretty sure that 42 that I caught uh, late late winter, early spring this year that's on the YouTube, uh, I'm pretty sure that was my heaviest blue cat. And, look, I know there's been some debate about how much that fish weighed, but I'll tell you this, it's the heaviest fish I've ever picked up. And my PB flathead was 65 pounds. And that blue cat, Damn. I mean, it... it it felt like I feel after a good meal. It was just bloated, <laughs> fat, and uh, it was a big fish. I think it was probably closer to 70 pounds. So I'd say by weight, that blue cat's my biggest. And then uh, I have a 65-pound flathead that I caught years ago uh, when I was still bank fishing. Uh, but both of those blues I caught, one was uh, the 44-incher I caught on a suspend drift. And, uh, I mean, just running two to three foot off the bottom, right along a, uh, uh, where a channel plateaus on the Cumberland river. 
I was just kind of following that channel. And uh, like a lot of times when they hit, it'll be boom, 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 and the rod goes down. Mm-hmm. This time it was just boom, and the rod was in the water all the way up to the last islet. Holy and cow. That, that fish had no chill whatsoever. And um, it, it took me almost as long <laughs> to get the rod out of the rod holder, it felt like, as it did to catch the stinking thing once I did. I mean, it had it pegged inside that rod holder. Wow. And uh, it got up to the side of the boat, made a big commotion, and blew water all over me. It, it was pretty fantastic. And then that big fatty this uh, late winter, I was actually anchored up with my nose into the current. And I had my lines running out behind me and we had a probably four and a half, five mile an hour current. And I was sitting right on that current break off the edge of an eddy just so I could make sure I stayed safe. And uh, I had to fight that fish upstream in five mile an hour current backwards the whole way. So it it was probably one of the more intense fights for me. Um, absolutely. It was, it was, you know, it just had me jazzed though, but I'd, I'd say that one probably takes the cake for biggest. Cause I'd swear, I'd swear on my ex-wife's life that it was 70 pounds. <laughs> Man, that's a great last lifetime. That's awesome, man. So how about you, Anthony? Wow. What's your biggest cat and how'd you catch him? Uh, the biggest one I've caught since tournament fishing. And that's the only ones I'm going to count because I've both fished and bank fished for years. But the biggest one I've caught in a tournament was this spring. We had a tournament and it was a uh, 41 and a quarter inches, but the girth on it was about all I could reach around. I caught it on a piece of cut bait in the last hour, the last couple of minutes I could fish and the last piece of bait I had in a tournament. And I was down by a half inch and uh, it was the very last day I could fish. And I ended up catching that fish right before I gave up to come home. I caught it on a, a piece of bait that, you know, normally I wouldn't use. This is a piece of old cut bait. I threw it out there on a free line and was messing with a smaller blue that I had in the boat. And when it hit, the reel actually started screaming. It, it almost sounded like you hooked it to a truck. I reached down just out of instinct and smacked the reel handle to engage it. And when it did, it's, I'm, I was in a 12-foot hobie at the time on anchor. It pulled the boat sideways and pulled the anchor out of the mud. And I run a 7.5-pound anchor. Uh, that, that fish fought me for about 35 minutes and I was in about three foot of water. So every time that fish would make a move, I could see it on the surface. I was up in in a flooded Creek and what made that fish unique is those fish that came in there for a carp spawn. The carp were spawning. The shad were running up in some submerged trees. And every time the carp would get fired up and start shaking the trees, the shad would come running out of the trees and the catfish were just sitting on the outside edges, gobbling them up. I put like three 30-inch fish in a boat up there, or 35-inch fish in a boat up there in a matter of 20 minutes in one day, and then they shut down on me. But that, Holy that, fish, that fish weight-wise was probably, I'm guessing 50. I haven't weighed a fish in years, so I don't know. But uh, just the girth on it, was it was enormous. But it was the last minute of the tournament. That's what made that fish more memorable than anything. It, it got me the win, and it... It broke one of my buddy's hearts, which made it even better because we give each other a lot of a lot of stank over the tournament thing. So that was the biggest one I've caught in a kayak so far. 
Wow, that's yeah. awesome, man. I think you shared that story on our last podcast, but anybody didn't listen that's uh didn't hear that last one, man. That's that's a good story, man. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're battling a fish at that shallow of a water and you oh, actually it's... see his weight around the water. That's amazing. Oh yeah, it looks like you're looking into a whirlpool. I mean that thing every time he would pull, you could see the water move. It was it was pretty intense. And once I hooked that fish, I, I kind of leaned back in the boat there, caught my breath. And then I had to figure out how I was going to get that thing on a bump board because there was no way I was letting that fish jump off in the water. So I ended up going and actually banking the fish. I had to bank him. But it was uh, it was an intense fight. It, it's definitely a memory I'll never forget. Oh, 100%, man. That's awesome. Good, good, man. That's awesome stories. Uh, here's my next question for you guys. Rivers versus lakes, what is your preference? And uh, really give a brief description on how you fish a river versus a lake. Uh, we'll start with Austin, man. I'm a river fisherman. I love it. I love the secluded areas. I The thing with lakes is up here, we get tremendous. I mean, the lakes now that catfishing is starting to explode, there's one lake that will hold blue cats. So, of course, everybody's fishing that lake in yeah. central Ohio. Only way I'm fishing that lake is it's at night. But I am a river fisherman all the way. It's just, it's something that we grew up doing. And I done it with the guys that I do now back when I was a kid. So that's, it's just, it's child memories. And just to be able to do it as adults and compete against each other. We done that last night. You know, I won 40 bucks from Chris Minahan and Eric Jacobs because they wanted to go out and they thought they were going to catch all the fish. And that's not what happened last night. (laughs) (laughs) But I I just, I, I'd rather share it with my friends, be with them and do it because that's what we love to do. So fishing, fishing on the river, uh, what's your fishing style, man? And uh, what rigs do you typically use when you're running? We flathead fish because, well, ironically, now we're starting to see blues show up in the river that we fish on the Scioto. And that's very interesting because we are a long way from the Ohio River. So these fish have got to be getting out of Hoover Reservoir because we are fishing south and north of Big Walnut that dumps into the Scioto. So now that we're starting to see them, I'm getting really, really curious to see how big they're actually going to get and stay because now I've seen a 30 pulled out of the side of the river, which is unheard of. I mean, I've never seen it. This is the first year and we've seen almost a dozen of them this year, but I love flathead fishing, suspending and log jams. There's nothing like it. Nice. Now do you tie off to the log jams and then kind of fish off the edge of them? A lot of times, it, it just depends on how big and how we're going to approach it. Sometimes you can't tie off to them because the current's too bad, so I'll anchor right in front of it and then just suspend baits or just, you know, make a With flathead fishing, during the day, you've got to make a perfect cast on a river as small as we're fishing. Mm. And, you know, I'm moving baits every five to ten minutes because if they're there, they're going to hit it. If they're not, move your bait. You'll, you got to find them. The log jams are big enough and they hold fish to where if you work around it enough, you will find a fish. And most of the time, they're 30 plus, 30 to 35 inches mostly. And like Kayak Mike was saying, our 35 plus, them are trophies in Ohio. 
Oh, yeah, they're good fish in Ohio. <laughs> good, definitely, man. How about you, Anthony? Same question, man. Rivers or lakes? What is your preference? Uh, primarily, I fish a lake just because I live like three minutes from one, uh, 3,500-acre <laughs> reservoir, but I'm a river rat. I love the river. I love fishing a river. I just don't get to do it as much as I would like to. So primarily my time is spent on the lake, but I fish them very similar as far as rigs and stuff. I, I run a lot of Sandy Cooper rigs. I do drag a lot more in the lake than I do in the river just because the, the timber in the river is unpredictable and you can lose a lot of rigs. Mm -hmm. um, basic rigs I run are a Carolina rig or a Sandy Cooper rig. In the river with heavy cover, I run a lot of Kentucky rigs and like a drop shot style rig where I put a sacrificial weight on the bottom drop it right in the log jam and just pray it comes out of there if my fish hooks up. That's pretty much how we run everything. Wow, man. Great answer. Uh, I fish a lot of lakes just because I live close to one, you know? <laughs> yeah, I and do. I understand that quite a bit. Uh, I do enjoy rivers, though. We have the Ohio River here, and I definitely plan to fish that more. Speaking of the Ohio River, and a guy that fishes uh, the tributary there, or tributary river, the Little Miami River, Kayak Mike, man. What do you prefer, rivers or lakes? What's your preference? Uh, I definitely prefer rivers over lakes. But I'm gonna be honest; it's just because I'm better at it. If I if I was better at lakes, I'd probably like lakes more. Um, uh, the kind of style I use typically it just depends on where I'm at. Um, I really enjoy reeling a fish in. So like right now, if it goes on YouTube, you'll see casted line, casted, casted. Uh, so I have three casted lines out. That gets a little tricky, though, in a kayak, because if you have, especially if you have a big fish hit, it's going to make you do it. It can, you know, make you do a 360. It's in control of your kayak. You're no longer in control of your vessel. So those lines can get all wrapped around you. And um, but I do really, really like uh, casting out of the kayak. Another thing that I do, we have a lot of similar waters to uh, Spencer Bauer down there at River Certified. I'll just literally tie off to a log, drop straight down into the log, and it's one of those high-risk, high-rewards. You're either losing your five-ounce sinker and, you know, your brand-new hook and your leader line, or you're going to land, you know, a fish. Maybe not be the biggest fish, but you're probably going to land a fish. Um, my last few videos, it's almost been 50-50 casted and suspended, so, and, um, trying to think sandy cooper rig definitely use the sandy cooper rig when i'm casting a lot right now i'm all carolina rig on the bottom uh they seem to be hitting off the bottom a little more and i just made up a rig i jacked uh chris Souders actually found it pretty funny chris Souders showed everyone in one of his videos how to do a kentucky rig where it's you know your hook with a special knot another one and then a weight at the bottom i started running a three-way swivel with a line out to a hook and then I have your typical Sandy Cooper rig, or not Sandy Cooper, I'm sorry, your Carolina rig right underneath that. And I kind of played with him. Like, I kept on flashing him into the video, claiming, like, you know, I made this rig up. It's my rig. No one else has ever used it. <laughs> so if you want if you want to see something kind of funny, go watch that video. But that's one of the rigs I'm using when I'm suspending now, too. That sounds interesting, man. Awesome. How about you, Ron? Uh, rivers or lakes, what's your preference? How do you fish it? I'm going to go with yes. Um, <laughs> because, well, here's the thing, guys. See, now you got to remember that I grew up fishing a lot of the same rivers that uh, Mike's fishing right now. I grew up fishing the big Miami and the little Miami. 
and uh, then going to the Ohio River with my hippie parents as a little kid <laughs> and sitting on the bank around a bonfire and catfishing there. Um, but, you know, I'm, I've been here for 15 years, and uh, Lake Barkley, so technically it's a lake, but it looks like a dang river. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just got it's just got a dam on either side of it, so they're calling it a lake, but it looks like a river. And so I kind of have the best of both worlds. Like right now, I've got very little to almost no current, and that is my least favorite. I'd I'd much rather have current. I feel like the bite is better when I have a, a decent current. Um and I've had to, you know, kind of learn how to fish these bigger waters. Uh, because this isn't what I grew up doing, but like right now, um, here you go, Mike, because you, you said this was a good idea. The area that I'm sitting on, I'm literally not 50 foot from the bank, and it's a gradual slope, um, and it's a big sand flat that then transitions into a, a gravel flat for a short period, and then into rock. So the the structure changes up quite a bit over a short period well about 35 foot out it's it's dropped down to about 15 16 foot and then it stair steps down to about 25 foot where i'm sitting it's stair stepped down to about 30 and literally three to five foot off to the other side of me it stair steps down to another 35 and so on and so forth out to the middle of the river where it's about 45 foot deep. So what I try to do is I sit right on the edges of those transition points where it plateaus and I try to ride those lines. So I've got one line off to the side, cast it out. And what I did is I threw it up way shallow and I pulled it back until I felt it drop. When it dropped off that first ledge, I parked it, set it down. Then I threw one out directly in front of me on this ledge line that I'm sitting on top of. And I threw another one out to the far side and pulled it back until I could feel it pulling up that wall. And I let it fall back down and rest there. So I'm literally effectively fishing three different plateau points within a 25 foot um, length from my kayak. And I've had quite a bit of success doing that. Um, now, not every spot that I've found is like this particular one, but in some way, shape, or form, that's the way I fish all of them as I look for that that transitional plateau point. And you quit playing with my emotions and eat that bait, mister. Um, <laughs> I look for that transitional plateau, and, and I just I stick right in there because those are, those are fish super highways, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so we're all basically using the same tactics. I mean, fish are fish, you know, we're, we're going to find them the same way. Now the flatheads are a little bit different and that's the hope with the first bait that I got over here. It's a live bait. And I know just off of the front of that drop that I pulled it down, there's a big chunk of concrete about as big as the front hood on a Buick. And I know that flatheads sit around that big chunk of concrete so that's why that bait's there. And then I know that those blue cats stick out a little bit deeper. And as the sun starts to st starts to set, the flatheads are going to be traveling up and down this flat looking for food. And those blue are going to start coming up 
onto this next level and then onto the other level. And this is just a transitional point as the sun goes down, these fish start moving in to feed along this flat. I've already got shad popping over here and things are starting to activate. And I know that skipjack run through here. Um, So, you know, you just, you find the bait, you find the fish, you know, and, and when it comes to the flatheads, like Austin was saying, you know, you got to have that cover or that structure. And I don't know if a lot of people understand the difference between cover and structure. Cover is something that could be temporary. So like a log jam that could potentially wash out and be gone next year. Yeah. That's cover. Structure is something that's permanent. Now I'm I mean, I guess something could move that big old chunk of concrete, but I don't know what it is. So yeah. we're gonna call that structure. And that's the difference between those two. Um, so if you have that good structure, also those those depth changes and those plateaus, that's considered structure. So if you have good structure and you have bait moving through, um, you're going to have fish. And so, you know, that's what every one of us are focusing on is those those two main aspects right there. Cover or structure and bait. You know, if you've got those two main aspects, your likelihood. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to catch fish because I, I haven't put one in the boat yet tonight. So, you know, I could just be talking out the side of my neck. But historically, you know, this this is what works. So even on the bigger waters, like I said, since this isn't what I'm used to fishing from uh, how I grew up point of view. Um, when I got here, a guy, he, he's a lot younger than me, but he is probably one of the most gifted all around anglers that I've ever met in my life. Uh, you know, I was like, man, I just got to try to figure out how to fish this place. And he said, well, how would you fish where you were from? Um, I was like, well, I'd do this. And he's like, so do that. <laughs> I was like, this place is different. He said, really, is it? I mean, are, are the fish, like, different? Are they strange or something? I don't know. He's like, well, fish are fish everywhere, bro. So just, you know, fish your game. And uh, I took that to heart. And then as I started learning the lake, um, I was able to start adjusting and adapting that and doing better and better with it. So. Wow, man. Incredible answer to that question, by the way. <laughs> You're always full of knowledge, Ron. That's for sure. That's always great to have you on. Well, it's either that or it's crap. It's one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sounds like you've done good in that spot before, so I'm going to believe you. So we'll take a quick commercial break here, and we will be right back on the Ultimate Kayak Catfishing Podcast. Now a word about all the awesome companies who support the Yak Legion podcast. Venom Lures. Venom Lures in Lancaster, Ohio is known for their great soft plastics and terminal tackle. They have been providing quality products from right here in Ohio since 1984. Mr. Dustin Carnes is the new owner of Venom Lures and inventor of the DK rig. It's a weedless version of the Ned rig that's taking the fishing world by storm. Check them out at VenomLures.com. Strictly Sailing Kayak. Strictly Sailing Kayak is located on Kenwood Road in Blue Ash, Ohio. They sell Hobie, New Canoe, Feel Free, Three Waters, and Johnny Boat Kayaks. They have been providing high-quality service to fishermen and watercraft enthusiasts since 1978. 
reach out to Brian Tacey at 513-984-1907 or check them out at strictlysaleinc.com. American Tackle. American Tackle, the inventors of the microwave line guide system, sells a variety of terminal tackle and fishing lures along with custom rods and accessories. You can find them at americantackle.us. The Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. It's the biggest kayak fishing trail in Ohio and holds fishing events all over the Buckeye State. Check out their website at buckeyekayakfishingtrail.com. And that's for more information and details. Come out and fish with us, y'all. Hey, thanks everyone for listening to the podcast and all the support. You can follow Yak Legion on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and all of those can be found at the Yak Legion Podcast. You can email us with any questions at the Yak Legion Podcast at gmail.com. We have Yak Legion decals for sale on the Facebook page. Every decal sold, guys, goes a long way to support the podcast. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll give you a shout-out on the podcast to say thanks for all the support. OPH Outdoors. OPH Outdoors is a local Ohio Anglers YouTube channel. Learn all the tips and tricks from fishing Ohio's waters, along with seeing some of the fish Ohio has to offer. From fishing footage to seasonal-based fishing knowledge, OPH Outdoors has videos for every Ohio angler. Eventually. Hey, Yak Legion, I would like to welcome our newest sponsor to our program, Bold North Outdoors, makers of the best portable power station on the market today. Folks, when you're out on the water, you need a partner to keep your adventures powered up and going strong. That's where Bold North Outdoors is your go-to power partner. Power up all your devices on the water or off. Run your fish finder and trolling motor on your kayak and canoe. Charge your cell phones, laptops, and GoPros. Run lights, fans, and even your CPAP. Whatever your power needs, count on Bold North Outdoors to keep the energy flowing. Bold North Outdoors outperforms all its competitors. First, they are built tough with marine-grade components to withstand all Mother Nature can throw at you. Second, they feature powerful lithium phosphate batteries, the safest, lightest, and longest-lasting batteries. Out there, giving you four times the, the usual performance of other batteries. All batteries have built-in BMS, which gives you charging and discharging cutoff protection for your safety and increased longevity of the battery. And they are also accessible and customizable. Easily added a string of batteries, access the internal circuit breaker, and connect a solar panel to recharge the battery. With three different models, there's one to fit your unique outdoor needs. No other power station can match Bold North Outdoors for durability, endurance, and flexibility. I'm telling you, I've got one and I'm a believer. Sometimes it's just not... It's not just about luck. It's about being prepared. So keep on paddling with Bold North Outdoors. It's the best portable power station to keep you in control and powered up. Here's something you don't want to miss. Bold North Outdoors is launching a Kickstarter campaign on July 7th. For a limited time, Bold North Outdoors is offering their newly released best-in-class portable power stations at a substantial discount. Choose from three different models, each designed to fit your unique outdoor needs. Support their campaign today and join them on their journey toward off-grid power when you need it most. 
I'm ready to see Mike land one. All right, and we are back. So, awesome, guys. A lot of good information on this podcast tonight. And we will go on with our next question. And uh, that's uh, baits for each breed, man. What's your favorite bait for channel catfish, blues, and flatheads? We'll start with you, Anthony. Uh, well, it depends where I'm fishing, really, on a species. But my favorite bait all around over anything in, in Kentucky is a pumpkin seed. Just a simple little pumpkin seed sunfish. For blues, cutting them, they're they're awesome. For channel cats, they'll take them cut or live. And the flatheads absolutely love them, too. Uh, in the lake, of course, we run a lot of shad. We run a lot of uh, redfin shad because our lake is just plumb, packed full of those. But cut bluegill is my main my main bait because it's easy to acquire you can take it out live and if it dies you can cut it for uh you can use it for cut bait all fish will, all the catfish i've ever caught have been more than happy to take a cut bluegill over a shad at our lake any day that is my favorite bait my second favorite would be a gizzard shad which is kind of hard to get in my area unless you're on the main rivers main bodies of water but it's it's a really good hardy bait and lasts pretty good I like baits that'll take a beating from catfish because we have a lot of smaller fish, and if you got a big bait out there, it's going to get beat to death. So a, a hardier bait like a gizzard shad or a, a bluegill, sometimes a sucker, a red horse sucker is my absolute favorite bait, but I can't catch them in quantity anymore to fish with them a lot. But when I get one, if I'm out just messing around and I catch a red horse sucker, I'm going catfish, and I don't care what the weather is, whatever. That's my absolute favorite bait. Wow, that's amazing, man. How do you feel about the store-bought baits, like the stink baits and tub baits, sponge baits, stuff like that that you can buy from Walmart, Bass Pro Shop? In my opinion, um, I've, I've ran dip bait off and on for years catching either size catfish. It, it's got its place. Um, as far as if I was just going to go to Walmart and you said, okay, you got 20 bucks to spend on any bait in here to catch catfish on, I would go straight back and get a thing of night crawlers and a couple of small hooks and go for bluegill or i would get yeah. like a cut chicken breast but that's most of the time for your smaller catfish i've never caught quality blue on chicken breast now i have caught one it was about 35 pounds on a just a basic cocktail shrimp and a spillway but those fish down there will eat about anything they're not oh, cocktail waters. i've used cocktail shrimp before too and have had a hell uh hell of a good time catching oh chicken. yeah you can you can wear them out when they're in the mood to eat them it's just like me. Once they start eating them, they don't stop. <laughs> the hardest part about cocktail shrimp and fishing is when I take them in my bait cooler and they're still fresh, I usually end up eating them and not give them to the fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer, man. How about you, Ron? Uh, favorite baits for each species? And well, how do you feel about um, the store-bought stuff? Here in Tennessee, the king of bait for blue cats is skipjack, bar none. Um, that being said, it's probably not my favorite bait. Um, I mean, I like to use them because they, they have great results, but I'm going to have to side with Anthony on this one. I prefer to use pumpkin seeds. Um, I, I like them. They're, they're fun to catch. I mean, skipjacks are a lot of fun to catch too, but I got to go out of my way to catch skipjacks. A lot of the time I go just about anywhere and catch panfish. And uh, so, you know, I get to go fishing to go fishing, and mm -hmm. that's awesome. You know, uh, 
so bluegill, uh, pumpkin seeds, um, green-eared sunfish are probably my favorite bait for flatheads uh, because they're nest raiders. So mm -hmm. if you can get a green-eared sunfish around a flathead, it's it's an instinct. It's in that fish's DNA to destroy that sunfish. So it's going to get eight. And, and it's a pretty nasty takedown, too. So <laughs> that's probably my favorite bait for flatheads. Um, just because of the sheer success of it, a big skipjack head is hard to beat for blues. And I don't really channel catfish here that much. Mm -hmm. um, because there's so many big blues and so many big flatheads. I just, you know. <laughs> The channel cats aren't as big here. Now we got some big ones, but you got to work really hard to find them, which is, you know, why I haven't signed up for our channel catfish series tournaments. Um, because I just, I know I can't compete with those Nebraska and, and, uh, you know, those guys out there in the, in the Midwest who are just slaying them, you know, they've got channel cats as big as some of our blue cats that guys are posting up. And uh, that's fantastic. Uh, but when I do fish channel cat waters, I don't really change up what I'm using for bait. I just use a little bit smaller bait. And I like to drag it in, in moving water. That's the only real difference for me. Uh, but I still use the same bait. And uh, in my opinion, like Anthony was saying, you know, putting putting bait in front of fish that is native to the waters that they're in is always going to be preferable over anything you can buy in the store. Yeah. You know, it's just a natural presentation. I will say this with bluegill or sunfish, I've learned that I do have to change my bait more often. Uh, oh. With the skipjacks, it'll hold blood in it quite a bit longer and you can use that bait for quite a bit longer. Now I know a lot of the guys, they're like every 15 minutes, put a fresh piece on there. They, they want that, you know, they want that thing bleeding like you just stuck it. Uh, and I understand why, but I mean, we're in kayaks. We got to be a little more conservative with our bait. Yeah, it's uh, true. Not a lot of them. It's true. But uh, yeah, I've noticed that bluegill, I have to change out a little more often um, than skipjack. Skipjack, like I said, is just hard to beat because it's king here. And we've got big gizzard shad. It's just, I don't get a lot of time before I go fishing to chase after a bunch of bait. Because um, I'm a pretty busy guy. Mm -hmm. So I go for what's easy. A lot of times when the skipjack are running uh, in the wintertime, uh, I have skipjack spilling out of my deep freezes so they're easy to catch and bluegills are a lot harder to catch so in the winter times i'm using more skipjack in the summertime they're a lot harder to catch because they're just all over the place in this warmer water so i tend to use more bluegill and like today i went out and spent a little time in the creek catching creek chubs um so i've got a few creek chubs out but uh my my favorite would be bluegill probably hands down just just because they're so much fun to catch before i go catch big fish with them you know wow man awesome awesome answer <laughs> how about you austin what's your preference 
on uh, um, each species of catfish, and how do you feel about store-bought catfish baits? Uh, he is you got to unmute yourself. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm with the bluegill, man. I've got three kids, so that's our weekly thing. We go to the lake and we catch bait, and my kids absolutely love it. And the fish don't seem to mind it, you know. And that's bluegill is my go-to. And just you know, after spawn, I love using creek chubs too. So we've got a couple bridges that's real close, just little creeks. And me and my daughter will go out, and we'll just take wax worms, man, and we will just kill them i mean we'll get all kinds of bait and she has a blast and that's my favorite bait for flatheads i would say the blues we i like trolling with gizzard chad for blues you know and like uh channel catch it don't matter you know i've been spending a lot of time this season so far up at sandusky bay and most of my success and my bigger channel catch have come from fresh shrimp I love wow. using shrimp up there, suspended too, and they just, man, they demolish it. They love it, and it was two to one with uh, cup bait. Wow, man, they're just on the shrimp, I guess. That's awesome. And, and it, Well, there's a lot of zebra mussels up in Lake Erie, so it kind of fits in. It, it works well, and, you know, you can buy a bag, and you're good all day. So if I'm buying store-bought, I'm buying shrimp from Kroger. That would be about my store-bought bait wow that's interesting man see there's store-bought you know several of you guys gave the answer the store-bought sometimes is all right especially with that fresh shrimp uh that shrimp is stinky man especially if it's been in the sun for a little while <laughs> it just yeah. keeps, keeps getting better and better uh, what about you kayak mike uh what's your preference for bait wise on the three major species of catfish uh and we're talking channel cats blues and flatheads um, and how do you feel about store-bought bait? So when I first started this, my buddy um, who got me into it, he was very against store-bought bait, but he would catch maybe one or two fish every time we went out. So I bought shrimp, and I was catching four or five, six fish every, one out, every time we went out. And I was like, well, I would much rather catch fish than watch you catch one or two occasionally. And then, you know, so – but everyone seemed to be against shrimp. Like, everyone's – you know, the big names are out there pushing live bait, pushing your, you know, your shad and stuff. Um, and then the one day I used the shad, or bluegill and I caught them. That was when I caught my 40 plus inch blue. And ever since then, I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm in. I don't care if I don't catch as many fish. That 40 inch blue <laughs> waiting for that one fish takes the cake. If you want to catch numbers, use your chicken, use your shrimp. You know, it, I eat fish. I love eating fish. I'll eat channel cats out of the Ohio. I don't. I don't care. Like people call me crazy. I eat channel cats and them blues out of the Ohio. I don't. It doesn't bother me. So, if I'm out there trying to eat a couple fish, I might bring some chicken. I might bring some shrimp. I'm too lazy to throw like cherry Kool Aid or whatever into it. So, but besides that, um, <laughs> but otherwise, other than that, just straight shad. Um, we look, we have a lot of bait fish that you can catch right from the bank here with a net. Um, I caught, I pulled this out so you can see it. I have about 40 of these and they're all eight to 10 inches. If you can see that shad yeah. and I caught all those 20 minutes before I went out on this trip. Um, normally I don't have any issues catching them. So I, I really enjoy using the shad around here when they're easy to catch. Now, when winter ro rolls along, I go to Jones fish hatchery and I buy bluegill for $2 and 50 cents a piece. 
and I am much, much more conservative because I bought that. I bought those bluegills. <laughs> yeah. I will use the same piece of bait for eight hours if I have to because I'm not going out there spending $25 every fishing trip. It's uh, definitely yeah. more expensive than a waxworm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of waxworms, Austin, I'm jealous, man. They ha- There has not been a waxworm in a store down here in Southwest Ohio since COVID hit. Not a single store. I can't find them anywhere. Oh, you can find them at it. gas stations. The gas stations are the little, you know, the little bait coolers. I've been not around here. There ain't a single gas station around here that sells bait. Wow. Keep probably four dozen in lot around fridge. <laughs> usually any gas station owned by Indian people usually have them. <laughs> and the you, you got to look is, close to dead. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You got to check your bait because a lot of times they're dead or they're nasty. Uh, people that they don't like sell enough of them, I don't guess, to uh, keep them alive. So this is kind of going into my next question here. Um, use of electronics. Do you guys utilize electronics? And how do you utilize electronics to find the catfish? Uh, we'll start with you, Mike. So I'm going to give as much of an uncontroversial answer here as possible. I am pro anything you could get on your damn kayak. If you could put it on and not flip, do it. More power to you. Um, I personally got into this because I got a little unhealthy, so I wanted to get back into shape. So I'm straight paddle. And the only electronic that you will see on my kayak right now is lights and cameras. And that's, and you know, a headlamp. Gotcha. But I'm pro anything you want to throw in your kayak. If it makes you happy and if you're catching fish, do it. I'm just not doing it personally because I'm out here still on my quest to try and kind of lose weight and be in kind of good shape. Also, a lot of the places that I like to fish are one, two, three miles away from my launch point. So I can get away with, I can get away with using a paddle. Um, so for me, I have no electronics other than filming gear, not a single one, but you know, I don't it, want people thinking I'm anti-electronics either. You yeah. do you, whatever makes you happy on the river, do it. You don't use a fish finder? I got nothing. Wow. Not a single. Right. I'm doing everything based off of what I have learned about fishing over the last few years. Gotcha. Gotcha. How about you, Austin? Do you have a fish finder or electronics that you utilize to catch catfish? I just recently put one on my Bonafide, and I ran with the Low Rance Helix. And honestly, I don't know nothing about it. Water temperature and depth. That's all I need. So, wow, I got you. Go back. Uh, if you listen to an older episode of Yak Legion we did with Kurt Smith, and uh, he actually explains fish finders. It's, I think it's called Fish Finders for Dummies. And he basically simplifies fish finders for, and how to set them for kayaks. Because you've got to set some of the sensitivities down and the speeds down for kayaks. Because when you buy a fish finder, they're normally set for bass boats. So there's a few things you got to tweak on your fish finder to really set it for your kayak. So go, man, go back and check out that podcast and any listener listening in. Uh, if you guys have any questions about podcasts, go back and check out pod, um, uh, fish finders for dummies. I think that was season one of Yak Legion. Uh, so awesome, man. Definitely learn your fish finder, man. And um, uh, it's great. They're definitely good for, you know, at least you'll get the water temperature. If you really don't know how to read it too well, it'll give you a good general uh, description of what depth you're in. And uh, that's important to know your depth, I think, in catfishing. 
especially when you're doing a Carolina rig and you're dropping your rigs right off the side of your kayak. I mean, you got to got you got to know the depth. You got to know when you're coming in from 20 feet and you're going up to 15 to 10, and um, you keep reeling up your reels and dropping, reeling, dropping, reeling, drop. And you know they're pretty important. I think anyway. That's how I utilize my cat, my fish finder when I'm catfishing. But I hadn't done a whole lot of catfishing on the kayak yet. Uh, a lot of my big biggest cat, uh, biggest fishing background before I got into kayaking was catfishing. But then, uh, well, anyway, it's <laughs> kind of you know, went on there for a little while. But um, yeah, man, fish finders are, are, are definitely a valuable tool. Do you use one, Ron? I do. I do. I have uh, a Lowrance Hook 27 triple shot. Um, it's kind of the economy way to get into side imaging. Uh, but the down imaging on it is less than fantastic uh and originally you know it was a gift uh thanks wife <laughs> and uh, awesome. for me i just wanted to know the depth i wanted to know the water temperature and you know when i was on team new canoe and running motors on everything as big a motor and as fast a motor as i could get uh, I like to know how fast I was going too. you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, five, six, <laughs> uh, so that was awesome. Um, and then as I got into suspend drifting and dragging, uh, you know, being able to stay at that, that point five ish mile an hour kind of, um, area became very important. So I used it for that. And I really didn't understand too much. Like I said, that the, the down imaging on this thing isn't like it doesn't show arches like a traditional um, sonar Church. would. Yeah, yeah, it, it should, but it doesn't. It's the processor in it's just not strong enough. Um, so I never really focused on that too much, but the side imaging blew my mind because I could be paddling along and I'm looking at the side imaging and I'm going. Well, crap, I didn't know there was a tree over there. Oh, hey, there's a stump field over on this side. You know, and I was finding a lot of cover and structure that I never knew existed. Um, so that became beneficial. And I was like, I don't need to know if there's fish there. It's cover and structure and bait. You can obviously tell what bait looks like. It just looks like a cloud. Um, yeah. So if I could find the cover, the structure, and the bait, I was like, that's all I need. Well. Here recently, uh, I was suspend fishing uh, a couple weeks ago, and all of a sudden this weird line just came across my depth finder, and I was like, I wonder what in the world that is, and wham, rod went down, I was like, that's a bitch, oh boy, you know, <laughs> it was the first time I'd actually, I guess what a lot of the, you know, like the drop shotting bass boaters would call video game fishing, that's kind of what it felt like to me, I was like, wow, that's cool, that's all, let's do it, and uh Tim King talks a lot about it. He's big on using his depth finder as a tool on his kayak and for catfishing. He's got, he's a really good resource for people who are getting into it to, you know, to ask questions to and maybe understand a little more about it. Um, I have learned it's a very valuable tool um, because I can find those contour lines like we were talking about. A lot of your newer ones will come with mapping. 
So you can have C-maps or Navionics or something like that on there. And that's going to give you a closer guesstimation of the contour lines. I know it's not as important on the smaller rivers that you guys are fishing. Um, but that, that down imaging does help a little bit for figuring that contour out. If it's shallow water, though, leave it at home. Yeah. Um, because a traditional sonar cone, I think it's what? It's a it's a one foot radius for every three foot down. Yeah. So if you're fishing in nine foot of water, you you know you basically got a wash tub size pattern below you. So unless a fish swims by, you know you know you're not learning anything there. Um, so I guess it really just depends on the area. Fishing this bigger water like this, I find them very beneficial. But when I fish skinny water, I leave it at home. Gotcha. That's a great answer, man. Uh, how about you, Anthony? Do you use electronics or fish finders? And uh, how do you use them to find fish? Well, uh, I used to be one of those guys that just fished by gut feeling and knowing the areas that I fished. But uh, I, the first couple of used Hobies I bought come with fish finders. And since I've gotten to use those things, they have became very handy. I'm not real sophisticated with electronics and stuff like that. But I know just enough of my units be dangerous uh, i use them for catching bait especially when the water's cold i love to use them in rivers to find deep holes that i didn't know was there I, most of these rivers i've walked and stuff but i've been able to find structure and holes that didn't normally show up um, i've got into using side imaging to find stump fields and snags because i do do a lot of drift fishing and dragging on a lake that is plumb full of timber so i use them to kind of establish a troll pattern to keep me out of most of the snags or to keep me just above the snags. I don't really use it as a fish finder as much as I use it as a navigation tool. And I'm not using it as, a, as something I'm relying on. I use it as something that helps me see what I already know is there more clearly. Mm -hmm. uh, find the bait, they're very valuable in the wintertime. Those things are awesome. When it comes to fishing the lake that I fish, 90% of the timber you see is submerged and going in and finding a stump field in 10, 10, 11, 12 foot of water in the wintertime and trolling through that thing is just absolutely money. There's going to be fish there. You're going to find fish over uh, submerged trees and stuff. And those trees you can't see in our lake without having a fish finder. Even in winter pool, a lot of those trees are still submerged. So I, I've, I've become quite fond of it. I do not have to have it. A lot of times I turn it off just to go back to my old ways. Yeah. But trolling, dragging, pulling baits, the speed, knowing the water temperature, and especially fishing the lake that I fish primarily, during the summer, thermocline is a real killer on this lake. It gets up to where we only have about 10 foot of fishable water over any anything that's over 10 foot deep. The fish will only be in the top 10 foot of water. So knowing that thermocline and where it's at and where those fish are staging up, is it it's a, nece it's a necessity. It's not a you know, you can't go out in 60 foot of water here and drop a bait to the bottom because it will not get touched. Those fish stay in the top 10 or 12 foot of water and knowing when that thermocline changes and then the rain pushing it back down, you know, it'll show you what areas of, of water to drift fish in or suspend. Like a lot of times I'll be sitting in 40 foot of water and suspending only 10 foot under the boat because that's just where the fish are. That's where the oxygen's at. So a fish finder has became very valuable to me. I still don't know 99% of what it can do, but for what I what I have learned on it, it's been it's been a really helpful tool for me. And uh, 
I, I love them, but they're not necessary to catch fish, but they do make finding a place to fish a lot more um, obtainable. You'll go out in dead water. They always say 90% of the fish are in 10% of the water. In the lakes I fish, that's 100% true. You'll Amen. fish a mile stretch and not catch nothing, and you'll find a, a pocket of blues. They'll pot up, and they'll be in groups chasing shad. You'll see shad. You'll see stripers, but you won't see the blues on a fish finder. They'll stay down in the mud until right at dark, and then they'll start to rise. When you see them rise on that fish finder, you better hang on. <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been a valuable tool, and up until – just the last year or two i haven't really considered one on a kayak i've always been you know i'm not going to be out there fishing for trophy fish and everything but once you do and you get into lakes or river systems you don't know a fish finder is worth you know it's worth its weight definitely is and it don't have to be the most expensive unit i use mine quite a bit for bass fishing and uh knowing the structure and seeing you know what's under you uh it's always and I, i'm an electronics guy i'm a tech guy a little bit so i like to play with electronics and tech and uh i know my daughter got on my kayak one time she wanted me to play peppa pig on there but <laughs> I, said, I, I can't play peppa pig on my on my fish finder darling i'll uh, give it a couple years we'll have in the future Right, the future of kayak fishing. They got they put TVs in cars. They're gonna put the t- television on kayaks next, man. Yeah. Imagine sitting out there watching uh, river monsters when you're out there on the on the river trying to waiting for your next bite, man. I've <laughs> done it with my phone. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll be watching Justin Johnson getting madder in hell because I'm catching twenty inch fish and he's out there knocking down forties and fifties. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, another question I didn't even write down, but just thought up, man. Uh, do you guys ever play music? Do you guys uh, listen to music while you're out there? Or do you guys really prefer to uh, listen to the sound of nature? During the day, I'll play music. Uh, if I'm out with buddies, I'll yeah. bring a little Bluetooth speaker and I'll play some music, you know, if we're all cutting up or whatnot, just for a fun fishing scenario. Um, but uh, at night... I'll use AirPods with gotcha. my phone and listen to some music sometimes. Um, but if I'm out by myself, fishing? Uh, it affects my attitude, which makes the fishing more fun. Um, yeah. I know people, look, I know people that say, you know, oh, those fish can hear that. And then I know old timers who will knock on the side of their boat and swear that that catches them more fish. So, mm. I don't know. Um, here in the South, they'll swear to you that catfish like Leonard Skinner. So, you know, <laughs> everybody likes Leonard Skinner, Skinner, man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you know, they say that uh, music can help uh, plants grow. So, uh, you know, I, I've seen dogs enjoy music. So why not catfish, right? <laughs> Next time I catch a big fish, I'm going to hook some ear pods in him and see if they'll stretch out a little bit for me. Right, or at least relax. Play some <laughs> Celine Dion and see if he'll sit on the board a little easier. I've, I've had a couple here recently that didn't sit on the board so well, and I ended up with big holes knocked in my skin. So, uh, yeah, I'd do anything to calm those fish down just a little bit. I learned my lesson on those little dinks when they come in that boat green. Watch your ankles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the little ones, man, that get you. 
Especially those little yellow belly bullheads, man. You gotta be real careful with them things. They're almost like hypodermic needle sharp, some of their fins are. And you know, just little teeny tiny things and them things are dangerous, man. I'd hate to step on one. You're out, you know, fishing at the or swimming at the lake and step on one of them. Um uh, my um buddy's wife, uh, her brother had had a funny story about this. He was out fishing at a lake called Stone Lake Lake, just full of yellow bellies. And uh, he had one latched onto his hand. I mean, it, I mean, it almost went completely through his hand. The barb did, and he actually showed up to the emergency room because they couldn't get it off him the, 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 herself. And he showed up to the emergency room with his catfish stuck to his hand. There, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they. That's dangerous. That's for sure. And uh, give you some. Right, in room, and I got nailed by one. Within the first fifteen minutes, we were there. The first fish I pulled in a boat got stuck into my ankle bones in between the two bones all the way to the skin oh. pulled it out and kept fishing ended up winning the tournament but i so bad wanted to cry when i pulled that thing out you ain't never felt the pain like that pulling it through a tendon it is unreal unreal pain playing through the pain man that's dedication right there dedication so we've uh, we've run a long episode here tonight, and uh, I don't want to keep you guys all night. And I appreciate you guys coming on. I just had a fun question for you, and uh, we're going to kind of end this here. So you have eight hours. You have to catch one fish over thirty inches for one million dollars. How would you do it? Where are you going? What are you using, man? You got eight hours to catch one fish over thirty inches. You get a million dollars. We'll start with you, uh, Ron. Wow. Um, I got eight hours, one fish over 30 inches. Hell, I'm going to be three minutes from my house, probably. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident here in the Cumberland River uh, for those fun-sized fish. Um I'm going to get out and I'm going to, if the current, if the current's uh, slow, I'm going to suspend drift and I'm going to cover eight hours worth of mileage until I run across one and bonk him in the head with one of these rods and he eats that bait. Um, if, uh, if I've got a stronger current, then I'm going to find an eddy and I'm going to, I'm going to park at the top side of that eddy and I'm going to put my bait at the bottom side of it where I know those those fish are going to be staging up waiting for stuff just to come right along into them um fish are opportunistic feeders so uh you just gotta if you're in a crunch situation like that you gotta look for the the most obvious places like in bass fishing you would call it high percentage areas um mm -hmm. you gotta look for those obvious places to give that opportunity to that fish to eat um, you know, like Anthony's story about that big fish, man, I call them clutch fish, you know, right in the, the, that clutch moment, you just, you get that, that fish that changes everything for you. And, and those are the best, those are the best. Um, but it's all about presenting it in, in the proper, you know, the proper way to optimize your, your chances. So it goes back to what I've said all night long find cover or structure and find bait and and just do what you got to do to you know put it in front of that one fish that comes along it's that simple man i think after eight hours you're going to be a millionaire 
<laughs> what about you, Austin? <laughs> you got eight hours, man. One million dollars. So much on the line, man. What, how are you going about this? What's your game plan? Just, I'm going to say this just because I've literally been up there six times in the past three months, and I have come close to winning one of TCK's channel cat tournaments. I'm going to Sandusky Bay. Nice. Well, how are you going to go about catching them? 30s. I mean, it, it's on average you're catching 27 to 32-inch channel cats up there. Nice. Nice, man. Now, I, think up there, I think up there in Sandusky, man, you might win a million dollars. How long a drive is it for you to get up there, though? That's the thing. I could take just – it's two-and-a-half-hour drive, so it's going to take me five hours to drive, and I'll do – I'll get the million within an hour. Wow. <laughs> Damn, man. Up there, man. It's, it's – if nobody – if you get a chance to go up there, that will make you a catfisherman. Just to be able to – one after another. I've had three rods go down at the same time. And wow. it's just complete chaos, but it's the best time you'll ever have fishing. Sandusky Bay is known for channel catfish and big ones, too. Uh, there's a lot of charters for catfish up in Sandusky. And that's, I, I you got me, you turned me into a believer, man. I'm going to, I'm definitely, it's on my bucket list now to go catfishing in Sandusky Bay. You tell me when you want to go and we'll make a trip. Hell yeah, man. I'm going to take you up on that, man. For sure. Hey, ask Matt Davis. I made him a believer in an hour. Wow. Yeah, Matt Davis is a cool guy, man. It's funny you mentioned him again. He's been on the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast, and I'm, I uh, host that as well. And uh, he's an interesting guy. I've fished with him before for bass. And uh, that's awesome, man, that you got him on catfish, man. You might have converted him. <laughs> We're going to do it again. I'm hoping I can talk him into doing the team tournament with me because he's – is that cool, Ron? He's only – he's never fished a TCKA tournament. Sounds to me like he meets the criteria. I got to talk him into it. Well, hopefully he's listening, man. He might uh, he might message you about that. If you're so, listening, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Kayak Mike, man. One million dollars on the line, a 30 inch fish. What's your plan? I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm going upper Delaware, Nightcrawler. I'm catching a brown trout over 30 inches, 1000% guaranteed. No chance I'm not. <laughs> well, what about a catfish? Well, <laughs> you know, um, but you never, you never specified the fish. But if I had, if I had <laughs> to, no, push, I did, it, did I? yeah. I was thinking guard too, but um, but if, if it has to be a catfish, I'm going final bend, Little Miami River before it dumps out into the Ohio River, and brush pile, bank anywhere you want, any bait you want, eight hours there, you're gonna catch a 30 inch fish, guaranteed. Nice man, good answer. How about you, Anthony? A 30 inch catfish, <laughs> one million dollars, man. How you going about this? I'm going to put my cards on the Falls, the Ohio area, the hydros and the falls. I could spend four hours between two of those. I would be looking for a skipjack or a moon eye at six to eight inches long, and I would split him into what we call a flapper rig, where you cut one fillet, pin that fillet to his nose, throw it out there in the current. 30-inch fish are super, super common up there. Fishable water's fishable, but other than that, I wouldn't feel 
wouldn't feel at all unsafe of going out there and throwing throwing it for a million dollars for a 30 inch fish out there eight hours you would get it for sure sorry we had some technical difficulty there uh i kind of cut you off uh accidentally hit the wrong button uh can you answer that one more time i'm sorry yeah, uh, I would say the Falls of the Ohio State Park here in Louisville, and uh, Indi- it's actually in southern Indiana. I would take a six to eight inch skipjack, do what we call a flapper rig. You fillet it up one side and pin it to its nose on a big circle hook, throw it into current, and spend four hours in front of the falls, four hours in front of the hydros. And between those two, you would more than likely have your 30 inch fish, probably a 40 or 50 inch fish if, if the water was right. The worst part about it is that water is almost never kayakable in those areas. So, it, you know, even from the bank, those, those areas are very productive for long river fish. You might catch a 20-pound fish down there that's 40-plus inches long. Wow. But that's where man, I spend my time. I think you guys are going to be millionaires, man. That would be a lot of fun. I'd like to try that. Really fishing for any kind of fish over 30 inches, you know, uh, from $1 million to even these. Well, I appreciate you all coming on here tonight, guys. And I Thanks for having us. Apologize for any technical issues we had. It sounds like we might have some sound issues with uh, the guys being on the water and a little bit of echo. But uh, you know, I don't think it was too bad. I think it was a great episode. I had a lot of fun talking to you guys. Uh, how can everybody follow you on uh, social media? What social media platforms are you on? And we'll start with you, Ron. Uh, you can find Trophy Catfish Kayak Anglers on Instagram. Um, I think we've got a TikTok, but I don't really. That's kind of my wife's thing, not my thing, and <laughs> and I, I just I just don't mess with TikTok too much, although I'm I'm told I'm supposed to, um, and of course you know Facebook is probably our biggest social media platform, um, you know we've got the group on there and we've got the page, and all the charter groups in the different states are starting their own Facebook pages and Instagram accounts. And then, of course, you can find out all the information about our tournament series, our rules, um, all of our our social media information is all on www.trophycatfishkayak.com. Nice, man. So definitely check Ron, uh, him or have her out, and uh, Trophy uh, Catfish Kayak Anglers, man. It's a great group, great tournament series. Uh, they're starting – um charters in most states they got one here in ohio so all you ohio listeners check that out uh how about you austin how can people follow you what platforms are you on you're muted (laughs) hit on mute (laughs) i don't know why that keeps doing that we're on facebook generally that's our biggest platform right now and like ron was saying we all communicate almost on a daily basis all of us you know we're right. interactive on everybody else's pages but facebook you can find any of us we've got an instagram and we've got hours of footage that is getting ready to get put on youtube we do have a youtube channel there's not very many up there it's my buddy josh snyder check it out he's catching some monsters this was last year before he moved to the beach but YouTube is definitely going to be a big hit for us very soon. Nice. Anthony, man, how can people follow you? How can people follow kayaks kayaks and cats? Uh, easiest way to get a hold of us is uh, at Kayaks and Cats official tournament page. It's just our little page that we use for our local, local uh, organization here. 
we we do pretty much uh, Facebook only. There's a couple of guys that's got Instagram, a couple of our members, but I don't use it myself. Mm. Uh, I don't do much of the techno stuff, so I pretty much stick to Facebook. It's easy for me to know and use. Uh, you can contact us, and you might see us on any of the forums, uh, TCKA or any of the kayak catfishing groups. Our guys are spread out through everything. We try to like and enjoy everybody else's footage on YouTube and uh, even even uh, like Kayak Mike's putting his YouTube page up. We got another member that's working on one. We stay on YouTube and uh, on Facebook is the easiest way and just get in there, chime in and we'll talk to you, help you, work you through a tournament, send you somewhere as close that you can get into a tournament and uh, we're just out there to help, man. Any Anything anybody needs, they're more than welcome to contact us. My phone information is on there. If you're in the area and you want a place to fish or whatever, you know, I'm always easy to get a hold of. But Facebook is the easiest, and then my phone number is made public on Facebook. So anybody that needs any information, feel free to reach out to me. I'll do what I can to help you out. Wow, that's great, man. Thanks again for coming on the show, buddy. Thank uh, you. Like kayak Mike, man. Uh, how can people follow you? It looks like you're fighting a snag there. <laughs> yeah, two of them. I don't have a snag this entire podcast, and right when I'm about to leave this spot, I have two. Uh, so, personally, I wanted to say one quick thing though. Uh, Ron, a lot yes, of people don't know this. I'm in a boat that he gave me, um, pretty well discounted. Uh, I had a little situation with my kayak flip, and I don't think I've actually had a good chance to tell you thank you and how thankful I am for the boat. I'm in this new new flint that um, he had, and I bought it off of him. It was essentially brand new, so thank you again for that. It, Ron. it was my wife's boat. You're welcome. Um, but find me on Facebook, just kayak Mike and then YouTube kayak Mike. I'm trying to, uh, you know, I'm in the trophy catfishing game. I'm not in trophy catfishing water. So I'm trying really hard with the editing to get that editing as high as I can, because with what I lack in, uh, fish quality, I'm trying to make up with editing quality. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, don't underestimate the Ohio waters, man, especially the Ohio river. Uh, I know quite a few big catfishing guys that go out on big boats and have caught some nice catfish out there on the river. And don't, you know, don't underestimate it, man. There's some trophy catfish here. We don't have a ton of trophy catfish, man, but we got some trophies. They're there, man. I believe every, my personal belief is every body of water I've ever fished, there's a one big monster fish in there, man. And he's the oldest and the wisest fish, and he's the hardest to catch. But, buddy, he's in there, and he's lurking around, and uh, he's waiting for a, a kayak angler to pull him out. <laughs> well, can you give him my GPS coordinates? Because I'm really needing one right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. That'd be nice, man. There's always a, a catfish king or a bass king. There's always... The monsters on any body of water you go to. That's my personal belief anyway. So uh, I thank you guys again, everybody, for coming on tonight. Man, it was a lot of fun. I know a couple of you guys are out on the water catfishing. I'm glad you guys, guys took the time out of your trip uh, to come on the show and pull, you know, bull crap with us. And uh, It's been a lot of fun, man. And A lot of these guys have been on the podcast before. Austin, he was on here with his wife, Courtney, from Cat Yackers. And uh, Ron was on here. We talked at length. Uh, That was a pretty long episode. I think about an hour and a half, uh, me and Ron talked about catfishing and uh, trophy catfish kayak anglers. And uh, it was a lot of fun, man. And Anthony's been on here before talking about kayaks and cats tournament down there in Kentucky. And it's always a good time talking to these guys. And 
Hopefully we get Mike on the podcast some more, man. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I can't wait. Sorry, there's an airplane coming. I'm, I got to go back on mute. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, until next time, tight lines. The Bass episodes are coming. <laughs>